You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Hey, Mary, I, I'm going to make up kind of a fictional person, but I, I bet you've known somebody like this. He can be either male or female, but let's say a female, and she's decided that she needs to break up with her boyfriend. And everybody knows that. Everybody tells her that. But she just can't because he's sad and, you know, he's depressed. And every time she goes to break up with him, uh, he gets sadder again. And she thinks, we just got to let him get used to it. You know, that just feels an awful lot like Donald Trump right now. <laughs> and and in that story is who is the girlfriend? Mitch McConnell? Yeah, maybe. I just, I can't quit you, you I know, can't to, quit to make you. it a gay story. But... Oh, that's even better. Yeah, we're going to call this Trump Back Mountain. <laughs> that, that'll be just... Just perfect. And I mean, I say all this kind of lightly. And, you know, we know that some Republican senior official, Ashley Parker quotes, is uh, saying, you know, we just got to humor him. It's not really hurting anything. He's not going to win in the end. I'll tell you the truth. I think it is hurting something. And I, I think it is time that we as a nation and the Republican Party in particular say, okay, we've humored you long enough. Time to get on with it and start a transition. Sure, because I could see in the first few days, but what he's doing is one, hurting the transition and ginning up the opposition and allowing all the crazy conspiracies on the right, which I heard someone say, it's not even like they're right anymore. They're just an industry of conspiracists. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, And I think... That's probably true. So to make himself feel better, he's allowing this industry to grow and to fester. And that's going to have long-term consequences. You can see why Obama, who was on 60 Minutes last night, is truly concerned about the future of our civic life, which is really what it's about. I mean, the Constitution is going to stand. Joe Biden is going to get inaugurated at noon on the 20th, um, the institutions will limp along. But democracies require a strong civic life, and we're losing that. Well, we are, and I've got a couple of examples on, on that. Mitch McConnell said about the president, well, he has a right to pursue these court cases all the way, way through. Okay. I get that you have a right in some way, but that doesn't mean that that is use the word civic. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're doing the best thing for the country. I get maybe my second example. I get that you have a right not to wear a mask out, out in public. It's crazy, but I get that you have a right to do it, but that doesn't mean that's what you should do. And for our leadership, to establish this pattern over and over and over again that you can't tell me what to do. I have a right to do 
do this. That's dangerous. It's really dangerous. It is. And it's interesting, as, as you might guess, I know a lot of lawyers. And um, one of the conversation that many lawyers are having is this thing about rights. In other words, I have the right to sue someone, but does that mean that I should do that? You know, you have to do, you know, an analysis. Is it worth the money? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the emotional stress? And from a lawyer's perspective, is the result that I might get good from the perspective as could I change the law in ways that are bad? So you might say, well, you know, you have the responsibility to represent your client. Sure, but you don't have the responsibility to take every client that walks in the door. So when Trump and Giuliani keep trying to bring these lawsuits, at some point as citizens of the United States, as officers of the court, these lawyers should be saying, are these cases good to bring? Because they're probably not gonna win. That has a whole, that's a whole other ethical issue. But more importantly, are they disrupting the thing that sets us apart in the world, which is the peaceful transfer of power. And they are standing in the way of that happening. Well, they are. And, you know, I have two questions for you on things we, we hear a lot, a lot of times. Maybe, I think I know this, but you use the phrase officer of the court. Is every lawyer an officer of the court? Yeah, so when... What does that mean? It means that when you are, you can get your license to practice. So you, you become a lawyer, you pass the bar, but the Supreme Court of whatever state you're in swears you in to be a, an officer of the court, meaning you act on behalf of the entire legal system. So I know people think this is very, like, maybe old-fashioned or... Um, overly moralistic, but lawyers are supposed to be bigger than the issues that their simply their clients have. So this is why you often, you know, talk to defense, criminal defense lawyers, right? And they say, how do you represent this a bad guy? The system requires everybody to have representation. It doesn't work unless I represent you and you represent the state. That's in a criminal matter. But in a civil matter, which is where I practice, there are plenty of times where I'll say to a client, that's not a good claim to make, or we shouldn't do that. Let me give you a great example. So oftentimes, because I do employment work, the defendant is so mad, right? Like that this been going on, this vexatious litigation, blah, blah, blah. And they go, okay, I want to sue them. I want to sue them because they said that and that was slander, whatever. And always a defense lawyer say, you don't wanna do that. You know, you don't wanna take up the court's time, you're probably not gonna win, and you're just keeping the thing alive. That's what I mean about lawyers saying to their clients, this is not a good idea. Well, is that then, it's kind of my second question, is there an ethical question then for a lawyer? Uh, is, is bringing a suit that is trivial, the lawyer knows it's trivial, uh, they're only doing it because uh, their client said to do that. Is that an ethical problem? So I think so. Not all, all lawyers agree with that. But bring a lawsuit when you know 
there is no evidence to support that claim. There's not a, we say, a colorable claim. Then um, courts will sanction lawyers for that. And I wonder at the end of the day whether any of these cases that Trump's lawyers are bringing are risking for the lawyers sanctions. It's very possible because you can't go into court with no evidence. You know, because you're when you sign a complaint as a lawyer, you're signing that, you know, that this is a, a colorable claim. Otherwise, what happens is there's what we call a rule 11, which is the court says there's nothing, there's no um, basis to this claim. And the court's going to sanction the lawyer for it. Well, and I think that happened in Detroit. And I, I'm sorry if I don't quote this all exactly right, but uh, the judge seemed to ask the lawyer for the president or for the Republican Party. So do you have actual t- things that you can cite? How many people uh, were actually did fraud or you know voted wrongly? Uh, the lawyer had a great phrase and said, well, I think the number would be a non-zero. <laughs> what? what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're making oh me crazy. God. But but the, the judge pushed farther and the lawyer finally said, well, no, we don't have anything we can show here. I got to tell you, I would think that would irritate the death out of a judge. I'm sure. And I... I... I don't know whether there'll be any kind of sanctions, but that's the thing that would worry me. And every lawyer I've had this conversation with says, you know, when the judge says to you, I think we might even have talked about this last week, you know, counselor, you're an officer of the court. You might as well just punch someone in the gut because you know that's not going in a good place. Yeah. So so I don't think, you know, so this is part of it. It's the legal piece and that's that'll go away. That'll die of its own weight. I think the thing that's ultimately going to create more damage is this continued insistence by the Republican Party to support this game Donald Trump is playing. Because we rely on the um, officers of government who we've elected and who we're paying to do what's best for the body politic. And right now, I don't care if it's Mitch McConnell, whoever, Rubio, they're all playing this game, this Trump has a right, instead of standing up and saying, okay, he may have that right, but that thing's going nowhere. Biden is the next president. And listen, Mr. Trump, you give him the information he needs to run the government. Yeah, and let's get get moving on this. I'm sorry to linger on lawyers uh, (laughs) any longer. I want to go back on that. But this is maybe a political question as well. Rudy Giuliani is going to be heading up. The, I, I can't say this with a straight face. He's going to head up the president's efforts to over overturn all this. Take a guess. Could they just not get any other lawyer to do it? I. They must. I mean, first of all, I'm stunned that, a, that New York still provides a license to that dude. But, yeah, I mean, nobody else. It must be no other credible lawyer and also the Trump sees as like a high profile lawyer. So he doesn't want, you know, me. He's <laughs> a lawyer yeah. from Cleveland. He he's I think he thinks Rudy's like a good lawyer. Well and I I tell you the other thought I had is that 
Trump doesn't really care about what happens in courtrooms. I mean, he cares it's there, it tangles up. He knows he's going to lose these suits. He, for one, you know, knows uh, how fake they, they are. What he likes is a TV lawyer who will go out in front of a landscaping company and make an announcement that these things are going to go on. And that's always been the fascination with Rudy Giuliani, is that he's made for cable news, right? Yeah, that's a great point, John. And so he'll go out and do that. Trump loves to see that because I think you're right. His entire life, his entire career before he became president was just suing for the sake of suing, forcing people he owes money to sue him. So totally miss, total misuse of the legal system. You know, he's, he's litigious at best, vexatious lit- litigator at worst. And he doesn't care what the result is. He's just, you know, as they say, he's a day trader. So he's doing this for a little bit. And when this fails, he'll do a little something else. I don't know. I mean, and I would like to continue to talk about this. I'm going to run out of time today. But what is it that motivates Donald Trump? It's such a mystery. Is it just because he is afraid of what's going to happen when he gets out of power? I don't think it's that. I think he just loves the trappings of being president. It's a good gig. He doesn't have to work. Really, he doesn't have to work. And he doesn't want to not have that job anymore. Well, and, you know, I mean, this is kind of the nonsense argument we make, but but there's a little truth to it. Donald Trump, in fact, would be happier if he lost and could spend the next four years being kind of the titular head of the Republican Party, being a media darling, using his ability to command a news cycle whenever he wants to, doing all the fun things of being president and never ever actually having to do the job. I think, uh, there, I think he'd like right. to be the opposition leader. I think that's right. I think he like he likes being a kingmaker. He loves messing with people's heads. However, this moment, I, I think like many other things, he's played this one wrong. One of the things, it's one thing, let me say it differently. It's one thing to be a, a New York real estate guy and you can get media attention for this and that. Somehow the presidency, he met his match and he met his match in the American people. So sure, he's still got 40% of the people that support him, but 60 do not. And that's why he lost. So will he be able to maintain this goofy stuff if he doesn't give up the the ghost pretty soon? That's yeah, what I, I wonder about. I don't think so. And when you throw, throw legal problems, all the other things that he's facing into it, and I'd put one more element uh, in. If he announces immediately, which he could, that he's going to run in 2024, that makes the field a little crappy for any other Republican candidate because declaring is coming out against him something we know republicans don't don't want to do that really sucks if you're tom cotton you're ted cruz uh you are nikki Nick- haley uh you're ben sash you're a whole lot of other people who are kind of dreaming about the presidency and you say you're taking my piece off the table for the next four years maybe it's time to turn on donald trump could be because the other thing is, is he's still president until January 20th. And the coronavirus, which we have not talked about yet today, 
is absolutely exploding and people are freaking out, myself included. And I think that's, uh, we'll have to leave that maybe for tomorrow. Yeah, we absolutely do. I'm going to go and watch Trump back mountain right now. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.